Virtual live streaming online music lessons are here. Need to brush up on your guitar skills? Improve your singing voice? Remember how to play that old dusty piano in the corner? Well, Asheville Music School has got you covered. They teach students of all ages, yes, adults too, and skill levels, and any style of music you're into. Visit AshevilleMusicSchool.org to inquire and learn about dozens of great music teachers. Asheville Music School is a nonprofit organization strengthening Western North Carolina communities through music education and outreach. Once again, visit AshevilleMusicSchool.org for all your music learning needs. Welcome to another edition of the Asheville Sound. I am your host, John Lauderer. Today I am joined by Tommy with the band Fireside Collective. And I am here with Tommy from the Asheville band Fireside Collective. Tommy, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, and um, I'm glad we could uh, get you on the show to promote your upcoming uh, streaming show at the uh, the Crowdless um, uh, live stream they're doing down in Hickory. And uh, wh- when is that? It's coming up next week. Is that right? No, that one is... Um August 8th. Okay. A little bit down the road. Yep. Okay. A little bit down the road. Yeah, we had um, we had one scheduled for this month at a, another awesome venue called Stokoa Valley. Hmm. Um, but uh, that got that got canceled. So we're we're really excited that we, we you know we're still uh, on the books with um, the no con no contact concert series. I think is what it's called. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I saw. 8, yep. Yeah, I saw the Tall Trees um, show. I think it was a couple nights ago, and really sounded great. And the production value is really top notch. I'm pretty impressed. The uh, some of the other streaming shows I've seen so far have like sound problems or something odd going on, but uh, this one you can tell they really did it right. So I'm pretty impressed. And yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are yeah. going to sound great on there. They got they got it dialed in the the video and the sound so every stream i've looked at um same uh response i'm i'm like wow <laughs> guys know what's going on here i know yeah uh and uh, have you been doing any other um streaming shows in the past few months the full band um recently got together to do a short performance at the isis music hall here in Asheville mm-hmm. for um the 4th of July, uh, a virtual 4th of July that the Downtown Association in Asheville, in conjunction with um, IMAVL, which is a really cool yeah. uh, organization in, in Asheville. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we did a couple songs and they they uh, they streamed that um, for the virtual, this virtual uh, July 4th festival. Um, it, obviously, it was pre-recorded, but it was still cool to be... Um, featured and uh, on that little virtual festival with a bunch of Asheville bands. And then prior to that, we were doing Fireside Fridays with different members of the bands who are quarantined in different locations. Oh. Um, and th- we gave that uh, a really good, uh, I don't know, maybe not seven or eight episodes of that, maybe mm-hmm. even more. But 
and then things just, you know, <laughs> it was like, okay, th- this isn't, you know, stopping the, the virus and all that. Yeah. Kind of lost steam with that. Um, so now um, we are really excited about this upcoming one. Uh, well, good. Hopefully there'll be some more, you know, in the future since this is the way of the, the future. <laughs> well, at least hopefully just the immediate future. Um, but hopefully, yeah. hopefully. But yeah, well, of course, it's, you know, there there is another side to this. It's just a matter of how soon we're going to get there. Uh, and until then, I guess we're just going to survive and adapt. Um, yep. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I know it's been tough for especially um, bands like you, who I'm sure you're used to being on the road. And uh, and now you're uh, you're chilling at home for a while. And uh, you have a new record, yep. <laughs> a new record out, Elements, which is really great. And um, was that recorded uh, around here? Yeah, that was recorded at Echo Mountain um, in downtown Asheville um, last year, last uh, fall, winter. And then um, we actually, no, it was, damn, I forget. It might have been February even. <laughs> yeah, time is irrelevant <laughs> was, now. Was, yeah. It, oh, man, it's been so long. I, I, I think it was longer than that. Yeah, but anyway, <laughs> we, we released it in March and um, yeah it was great it was a great experience Echo Mountain was mm. uh, was awesome <laughs> yeah well you got it out just in time and uh, but unfortunately you're, you're not able to tour in support of it um, but uh, hopefully everybody's listening to this will check it out if you haven't already it's it's a really great record it sounds amazing and lots of great variety on there so you guys are uh, a five piece string band and um, I guess the closest thing or the closest uh, genre we can peg you as is progressive bluegrass, if we're going to say anything. And uh, it sounds like you guys have quite a, a wide array of influences. Uh, there's a, there's five of you there. Um, and uh, what would you say are your, as a collective group, like your main influences uh, as artists that have come before you? Well, the sort of the, the tie that binds all of our unique influences together, I'd say, would be bluegrass, um, for, you know, newgrass, bluegrass, all, all varieties of, of, uh, of bluegrass, but, you know, that's sort of the common musical genre that I think we all, um, you know, can agree on that, that, that we like, and then every member's individual influence is really what makes the band unique, because, you know, our guitar player Joe loves bluegrass, but he's also a big fan of hip hop. He loves classic country music like Waylon, mm. uh, you know, and, and Willie and, uh, Carson, our bass player might have the most eclectic sort of taste. He, he, he loves just eighties music. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, like eighties, you know, hair band music, big <laughs> fan of it. And he's a really killer electric bass player too. Alex is really big into jazz, our banjo player. And he brought jazz into, um, the band um, and and sort of featured you know some of his influences on um, the instrumental that he has on Elements, which is called Night Sky from Here. And then Jesse and I have really similar tastes. Our mandolin player, um, we like uh, Grateful Dead a lot, Bob Dylan. So there is sort of like a classic um, rock commonality between us all, also. But um, yeah, bluegrass is sort of where. The, we, we put it through the bluegrass filter. Everything that comes to the band hmm. gets the bluegrass treatment. And, um, you know, that could mean uh, 
different things depending on what the the sound we're going for. But um, yeah, ultimately, we just love bluegrass and the energy of that music, and um, that's that's the the one you know thing that we can all agree on. <laughs> yeah, I can hear in uh, in the uh, instrumental "Night nice Sky" from here uh, some shades of uh, the flecktones, tones, and I'm sure. Alex being a oh, yeah. progressive banjo player, that's probably one of his idols. And I can I can hear Absolutely. some of that. Yeah, and I'm a big fan too. I've seen the Flecktones many times, ranging back from like the late '80s, and uh, and it's always amazing. And um, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, the uh, the just the basic bluegrass influence, of course. Uh, you know, uh, I grew up around here, and uh, every summer my parents would take me to the Union Grove Fiddlers Convention, just north of Statesville. Oh yeah. Do you familiar with that? It, I have heard of it. I haven't been, but I, I know of it. Yeah, it's very small now, but in its heyday, it was like a big deal. It was this big camp out three-day, you know, bluegrass old-time festival. And uh, I feel very fortunate that I got to do that uh, because that was, to me, like the genuine article, like the old real deal hillbillies, you know, just rocking it and just <laughs> burning some tunes, you know. And, uh, you know, uh, they'd have – uh, the nights where they do bluegrass, and nights where they do old time, and then like clog and night, you know, uh, and that was uh, a really special uh, memory for me as a kid, and and really influential too. Um, I mean, I'm a I'm a drummer, so you know, drums are not allowed in that area, but <laughs> <laughs> right. but at the same time, it was it was a great influence for me just as far as uh, being exposed to the real deal mountain culture music and. Uh, I'll always be grateful for that. And are you um, yeah. a local, or uh, where are you from originally? I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and um, that's where I was raised and spent a ton of time in my adolescence and adulthood just kind of rambling mm. all over North Carolina and and uh, sort of missed the mountains most of those journeys um, until my mid-20s when I started thinking, like, you know... I would like to go explore this part of the state. And yeah, so Asheville was sort of an afterthought, but, but uh, I am from Raleigh, North Carolina, originally born in New Jersey, but mm-hmm. raised down here, um, you know, from the ages of two onward. <laughs> okay. And what, what brought you to the mountains initially? Well, uh, me and Jesse were uh, at a keg party one time in Greenville, North Carolina, at East Carolina University. Oh, I know it where, well. Uh, yeah, yeah, where, where we went to college, him, Carson, our bass player, and myself, and um, we met there, and he had just freshly graduated and was um, on his own personal music journey with folk music and, and bluegrass, and as as was I at the time as well, more into like the blues and um, sort of what was happening in, in, the, in the Mississippi area, uh, but he... It, told me, you know, you know, if I like the blues and um, all these old blues guys, I should look into to bluegrass. And sure enough, I, I did. And I was like, man, this is cool. You know, we, we were sort of discovering American folk music at the same time, but in different ways. And then he wanted to get closer to that sound and, you know, uh, had heard that Asheville and Western North Carolina in general sort of a hot spot for learning about bluegrass, playing bluegrass, and meeting bluegrass musicians. And he was like, you know, one at that keg, you know, pouring a, pouring a beer in the cup, he was like, yeah, I'm, 
I'm uh, thinking about moving to Nashville. And I said, at that time, I was ready to go. I was ready to leave Greenville. I hadn't graduated yet, but I was kind of getting over school. And I said, hmm. I think I'll join you if you're looking for a roommate. I, I, I'd like to just take a break from, you know, from college and uh, not knowing that I would go to Asheville and, and never uh, look back. But, <laughs> so I, I moved out there with him on a whim. I mean, it was, it was a split-second decision that I followed through with, um, which surprised him. He was like, you know, when when we were getting into the, you know, trying to find a room and everything, he was like, you, you really doing this? You really moved to Asheville with me? And I was like, yeah, I, I am. Let's do it. So, um, <laughs> Sight unseen. you know, kind of following him into Asheville and yeah. discovering bluegrass, you know, kind of simultaneously with him and other genres, too. I mean, yeah. at that time, we were going to the funk jams, and, man, we were just soaking it up. And uh, that's kind of the, the original... Um, draw to Asheville was just to get away and uh, see what I had to offer. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah, um, I went to East Carolina too for a while in the nice. in the nineties, so I'm a pirate as well. Um, yeah. Wh- what was your major there? I was flip flopping between I was a history major and then I um, switched over to Spanish and Russian. Um, oh, interesting. Very interesting. I, I had not music as a major was you know not on my radar whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. When I was there, I wasn't um, interested in majoring in music at the, at the time either. Uh, my second degree was in music, but you know I was there. I was a cool. communications major. Um, and nice. Yeah, I was in TV, radio, and uh, it was uh, those were fun times. And and you talk about standing around the keg. That's pretty much. The quintessential Greenville experience. <laughs> there's a lot, lot of that going absolutely. on. Yeah, there's a lot of yep, that. Yeah, yeah, uh, And so you are the resonator player in this group, uh, which yep. is a really unique instrument. And uh, did you start on that instrument, or what's your background like? No, I I discovered the the resonator. That the resonator was the third instrument in in sort of a um, a musical journey that started with guitar went to banjo and then the, the the resonator you know was the final one where i was like okay i think i found what i what i want to do but mm-hmm. it was uh yeah through the acoustic guitar i discovered um like i said i was listening to a lot of blues and then later on bluegrass and i um got really good at finger style blues on the acoustic guitar in my mid-20s mm-hmm. and i found out in bluegrass you use a flat pick and i said i can't use a flat pick i (laughs) I don't know how to you know this this is too weird for me i'm used to my fingers Mm -hmm. so then i decided maybe i'll try the banjo since i know how to finger pick and then i started playing the banjo for about a year and a half and um you know i was like the banjo's cool but there's just it's missing something i don't know what it is i love the instrument and then the dobro or the resonator guitar was um kind of uh, again, Jesse was like, man, you should play the dobro. I think you'd be really cool at it. And then kind of through his suggestion and then discovering um, a player called Mike Aldrich who played with the Seldom Scene and getting handed um, this album by the Seldom Scene called Old Train, I heard the dobro um, right away on that album and I was like, okay, that's what I need to find that sound and then i you know connected the dots and i was like oh you know if this is what jesse was telling me to i would be good at so i 
I got a Dobro um, at a guitar center in Greensboro um, <laughs> really soon after I heard the Seldom Seen album. I was sitting in traffic on 40, and I literally just turned off on the on, on an exit because I hate traffic, and yeah. this is before GPS and Waze and mm. Google Maps, and I was just like, I'm just going to go hang out at the shopping center while this rush hour traffic dies down. I forget where I was going. And there was a guitar center there, and um, I went to Guitar Center... And there was a Dobro in the Guitar Center, uh, a 1974 wow. Dobro brand, Dobro brand Dobro, yeah. And that's I, rare. I bought it right away. Yeah. yeah, it was like a sign, man. And that's what started it, and that's my main instrument. I have given that all of my attention, and really, I, I put down the banjo and the guitar pretty much entirely. Um, so that's sort of the story about how it came to me. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that sounds pretty serendipitous, and you know, if you've yeah. been to, if you've been to Guitar Center before, you know that Dobros aren't really hanging around in that in the, that place. So that must have been like a trade in and uh, and a rare opportunity for you to pick it up. And that's really cool. Yeah, and had I not turned and said, you know, I, I don't want to sit in this traffic. I have an old truck, and it, it you know tends to overheat if, yeah. if there's not air flowing through it. So I just pulled off on an exit. And, it, it, the, the guitar center was right there. It was such a weird thing, but <laughs> yeah. um, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't have picked another way to be introduced to the instrument. <laughs> All right, well, let's hear it for Guitar Get. Uh, and <laughs> and the other members of the band uh, are they um, also transplants? Jesse's from New York um, originally, and then like I said, got to Asheville through ECU. Mm. Carson is a Wilson, North Carolina native. Okay, um, East Sider. Yep, he's yep, born and raised. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Alex is from Wisconsin and mm-hmm. now residing in Johnson City, Tennessee. And Joe is from Pennsylvania and also is in Johnson City, Tennessee. And those guys both attended East, Car- uh, East Tennessee State University mm-hmm. and majored in um, – Country music and old time and bluegrass, I think is the name of the program or something oh, like that. Oh, that's right. I've heard about that program. Yeah. That's, that's pretty unique. Uh, oh, man, it's great. It's really great. Yeah. And so you guys are pretty much split between Johnson City and Asheville, which isn't too bad. It's yep. about an hour drive, and it's a pretty drive. Um, and yeah, you, very pretty. Yeah. And do you guys uh, normally rehearse somewhere in between, or how does that work? Well, we, we just split it up and... Yeah. Maybe one week we'll go to Johnson City and one week we'll go to Asheville. And, and we actually did practice one time at a rest stop pretty much halfway there. <laughs> there you go. And, and um, it was cool. The staff inside was, was uh, they were totally for it and it was uh, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are perfect for that. Maybe to meet up at the uh, the visitor center on the state line or something. That'd be a good place for it. I, I think it might have been that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's a good gig. And uh, good, yeah. good advertising for the state. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, you guys have been at it for about, I guess, maybe a little over five years. Uh, and in that time, you have two full-length records out. And uh, and have you done touring nationally? Yeah, we've we've um, that's sort of our been our main plan of action the past. I don't know three years, but. Um, especially these past two years we've we've been really branching out um you know the first couple years was a ton of north carolina stuff um 
Raleigh and then the Outer Banks, and uh, we played in Greenville, played a, a ton around Asheville, and then just started slowly working our way up the East Coast. And then these past two years, we've um, played in uh, Washington, the state of Washington. We've played out in Colorado a bunch. Um, I think we, we, we've been out in the Midwest way more than, uh, you know, our, the first few years. We've kind of been developing a fan base there because Alex is from, you know, Wisconsin. The Northeast has always been good for us. And then I think we played um, – we did Mexico. We played Mexico twice and Canada once. So oh. it's it's we we've been we've been yeah doing doing pretty good. And actually this year we were slated to play Oregon for the first time and Arizona. Oh. Um, so t- two really big festivals in those states. Yeah. And you know of course everything had is canceled. But um, yeah, that's how we we that's that's what we do is get on the road and, and drive around in our van and. Uh, make a living so this is all weird right now what's going on and I, I, there's so many bands i know that are in the same boat they're like what do we do <laughs> yeah so i guess are most people in the band full-time musicians that's that's your main gig or is there any uh, side hustle going on yeah that's the main gig for everyone yeah. um of course now everyone is you know getting inventive and doing some side hustles alex is doing some banjo lessons and um i've been doing these like little uh, stream Facebook live streams from my personal page every Sunday. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I, I think why it was so hard is that we all were full-time musicians for the entire duration of this band. As soon as those guys graduated from school, Alex and Joe, we, we all went to full time and, uh, usually doing like in, anywhere between two and three weeks on the road and then home for, a week and a half, two weeks, and then back out on the road. That was sort of the the system. Mm. So you guys must have a good uh, booking agency you're working with, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The booking agencies definitely help. We've had two over the duration of the band. Mm. I was the main booker for a while. Oh and that man, was a fun, that's a full time job. And exhausting. Oh man, it was very yeah, full time and exhausting. But I learned a lot about the logistics of touring and then we um got our first booking agent a couple years in and then uh last year we got our current booking agent they're um they're based out of nashville the agency and they've been really awesome and um helping us kind of get into markets that we uh you know were unfamiliar with before mm-hmm. so they've been kick- kicking butt oh good yeah, that's that's always helpful to have uh, some some powerful friends on your side to to run the books. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah, yeah. I hear you on that. Um, well, let's get into some of the music here. Um, the new album Elements, like I said, came out a few months ago, and it's really eclectic and uh, touches on all sorts of different facets of bluegrass uh, and progressive. And um, the first song we're going to spin is uh, the song we mentioned before, Night Sky from Here, and I believe you said this was Alex's tune. And uh, this is an instrumental uh, and really an interesting tune. There's a lot a lot to listen to on this song. And uh, I particularly love it because, I mean, if you're going to analyze something, this is the tune because there's a lot going on here. And the tonality in certain spots gets really fun, like especially in the bridge. seems like you guys go off on like a, a whole tone tangent or something wild, even <laughs> yeah. even atonal at some point. 
and uh, that's uh, that's always fun to hear for a little while. Adventurous listening, uh, and uh, you got lots of solos going, trading around the whole band, and uh, you could definitely hear some of uh, Beta Flex influence on some of the banjo parts here, which I always appreciate. Uh, and uh, was this seems like it would be a, a pretty difficult song to put together. Was this uh, a long work in progress or what? Yeah, well, Alex, that that, that song is just like a, a glimpse into his his mind. He's yeah. such a, a a unique a unique guy, and he actually brought most of those parts to the band. Um, he he structured them out, and um, it was one of the few songs where you know he almost had everything kind of figured out beforehand. A lot of the songs, maybe you know, this person brought the 75 percent and the rest of the band filled it in and um so yeah he, he he took the the leadership role on that and just kind of said these are the parts we want you to play or i want you to play or that i i hear in my head and we um we just played the parts and then with travis book our producer made a few adjustments to uh some structure and stuff like that but a lot of that's just most of that is just Alex, um, which is really cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a really fun tune, and uh, I'm going to spin it here for the listeners. This is Night Sky From Here by Fireside Collective.
And I'm back here with Tommy from Fireside Collective. Next tune on the roster is High Time. And this is a, a very different tune than we won't, the one we just listened to. It's kind of a halftime groover with a lot of sweet harmonies. Sounds like four or five part harmonies at some point uh, with even some kind of counterpoint in the, the vocals uh, at some points, which is really cool too. Uh, what can you tell us about the, uh, the background of this song? Who wrote it? Uh, that is Jesse's tune, Jesse I Quinto, our mandolin player, mm-hmm. and um, good good ear by the way. There there is some counterpoint and in, in five part harmonies on there, mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's awesome you heard that. But he um, he's really into funk music and uh, sort of brings a, a a really cool groovy element to um, some of the tunes, and that one um, I think was a was sort of an ode to. Um, the Grateful Dead's high, high Time, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Um, mm. Jesse might correct me on that. But, mm-hmm. uh, he, yeah, he, he, he brought that tune to the table, and um, we all, it was just a really fun tune to play in the studio. And um, I, uh, That's the only tune that the lap steel is on, and I thought it would be cool with that sort of slow tempo to bring, uh, you know, an electric instrument on there with a lot of sustain and reverb. So that was that was really fun. And it's awesome to play live, too. Um, just to, doing those five-part harmonies in real life is, you know, is really awesome during the acapella part, especially when there's, like, reverb on and, you know, the sound guys, you know, got the, the vocal sounding really, really nice. But, um, yeah, it's awesome, too, and really fun to play. Yeah, and that's really cool that you guys all have uh, vocal abilities. And I know in string bands that's usually the case. Uh, but... Uh, you know, when you have a string band where every single member can uh, hold their own in harmonizing, then you got something special there. And uh, you, guys, you guys seem to have some a lot of natural ability. Uh, was this a tune that took some time to, to track and get the right take, or did you guys knock it out pretty quick? Yeah. Well, Jesse had written the, the vocal harmonies. He's a really awesome piano player and um, was in choir for a lot of his childhood. And... Um, really great ear for harmony and um i know that he was listening to a ton of crosby stills and nash Mm. (laughs) prior to recording Mm -hmm. and um i think that might have influenced his his uh what parts he had decided to write out but um yeah so that was a a lot of tracking the right vocal and making sure the intonation is on and um I think the bulk of the tune was 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 pretty simple in the studio, but just getting all those um, different parts in the acapella part mm. uh, right right in the money, you know, right on the money was um, you know that's always a fun challenge in the studio. But you know, you have so many resources in the studio as far as time and and make, getting the headphone mixed perfectly that you know you just. You can you could really get it perfect if you if you want. <laughs> mm. So we we tried to get it as as close as we could. Yeah. So did Jesse do all the arranging for the vocals? Yeah. Yeah. I believe he did. Um, Travis might have offered you know a tip or two because um, he's really big into vocals mm. as well. He's a great great singer in his band, the uh, Instrument String Dusters. But oh, yeah. that was a lot of Jesse or or all of Jesse, if I remember. Um, Right, with the vocal arrangement. And he does that with um, most of his tunes that he brought. Um, the, you 
know, he's got the harmonies kind of figured out, and some of it is really interesting, you know, suspended chords where, like, one vocal isn't necessarily going to the, the note you think it would go to, mm-hmm. but you, you just hang on this other note for a split second, and, and it creates this tension, and mm-hmm. he's really good at, at writing that and, um, you know, giving the, the, the parts of the band and teaching, you know, the member who is responsible for singing that part, um, you know, kind of giving them tips on how to achieve that sound that he hears. Whereas when I bring a song, I'm not really strong on harmony writing, so I might mm. leave the vocals, the harmonies kind of open-ended, but yeah. that's sort of his, his forte, the, the vocals. Yeah, that's what I thought. You could tell it's, it's very arranged. This isn't uh, left to chance, it's, and it, it sounds really right. tight. It sounds really tight. Yeah. Uh, and did you guys cut the vocals like all together around the mic, or was this a track-by-track track kind of thing? This is track-by-track, track, mm-hmm. um, if I remember. Yeah, that was everything... We really didn't do anything but the intro um, track where we're just kind of noodling at the beginning um, yeah. around um, a single mic just because we wanted the ability to play with things and add different effects. But yeah, um, yeah that was that was track by track in the studio at Echo Mountain. Yeah, well, I bet that was pretty time intensive, but uh, it paid off. It sounds yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's give it a listen. This is High Time by Fireside Collective. Tommy from Fireside Collective. 
The last tune we're going to spin is Fast Train. And this one um, seems like probably the most straight ahead, burning traditional bluegrass tune um, with some really fancy uh, banjo picking throughout. Uh, and um, who was the composer of this tune? I wrote this song, and I wrote it to be exactly what you just described a burning straight ahead bluegrass song. Yeah, <laughs> that well, was the point. you achieved yeah. it. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, was this uh, inspired by anything in particular? I, yes. I mean, specifically, I wanted a song that would kick ass live. Is this um, the, the set closer? We already had, what's that? Is this the set closer? Yeah, yeah, some, something like that, yeah. you know, or a set opener, like second set opener every Right. Week, you know, feeling right, feeling good. Um, and there were so many good, good songs. A lot, there's a lot of, um, sort of like reflective songs as far as lyrics that some of the other guys brought, which is really awesome. I, I, I love a good, just a good song, you know, a, a good, um, whether it's sad or, you know, insightful uh, or a love song. If it's, so we had, we had, we had a lot of that already. And I was like, man, I, I just, maybe I should just bring a burning ass, you know, sort of bluesy rock and roll, mm-hmm. um, you know, good, good live song. And I love, um, trains. I mean, I love the blues and the yeah. blues is always talking about trains. Oh, yeah. and just that, that image of the train and what, what, the, what trains symbolize. And, um, you know, they might be antiquated, uh, in, you know, a practical sense, but it, there's this nostalgic sort of Americana, um, you know, image we get a feeling that, that, you know, we get, when you hear about a train, just the folklore of, of American traditional music. And I wanted to embody, you know, sort of this, this, that image of, of moving. And plus we were touring a, a ton, um, at that point and just the freedom of being out on, you know, on, on a train, even though I never ride trains and nobody <laughs> really does anymore. Right. But, um, but yeah, I was like, man, I just want, I want to capture that energy and make it as fast as the band can handle and we were even toying around with the beats per minute in the studio like how 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 fast can we go before it becomes yeah. ridiculous and, and impossible to play live and we we got right at the threshold where everyone was like you know our fingers are wore out <laughs> and uh it was it was it's really fun to play live i mean it's like it's uh it's definitely exciting and gets the adrenaline going and you you, you have to be um, on your game when when that song comes in the set. So I guess I bet you guys probably play it even faster than you recorded it when you're playing live because the adrenaline's gone, right? We do. It's crazy. We'll listen to back to to to, to uh, you know shows, and it's pretty true for every song. I mean, every song live is like five beats per minute, sometimes even more. Yep. Um, faster than the. Than, than, than how it was recorded. It's it's, yep. it's a interesting observation, but yeah, that song is even faster live. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how it is. Like you know, if you're in a studio with you know one person in the control room watching you, as opposed to in front of hundreds of people, you know that's a that's quite yeah. a different environment. <laughs> and those those hundreds of people can uh, can definitely bump up your BPMs. Uh, and, right. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like Superman for for, for a second. <laughs> that's right. All right, let's give this a spin. This is Fast Train by Fireside Collective. Fast train, fast train, 
Take me down the line. back here with Tommy from Fireside Collective and uh, Tommy I appreciate you hanging with me here tonight and uh, um, really enjoyed uh, getting to know your tunes and I uh, can't wait to see you on the on the stage doing it live for reals and uh, tell us again when that um, streaming show is that is August 8th and the links will be um, on our Facebook page we'll be posting about it and I think I forget what time the stream starts I don't want to say the wrong time but it's through the no contact concert series on August 8th so if you guys just head to uh, our Facebook page and give us a like and follow us we'll be posting about it um, a bunch in the next uh, couple days yeah absolutely and I'll include the links on this episode as well and Tommy nice getting to know you and I hope to meet you in person one day All right, John, I appreciate it. Go Pirates. (laughs) And that does it for another edition of the Asheville Sound. I want to thank Tommy from the Fireside Collective for joining me today. Please check out all their music online in the new album, Elements. And also, don't forget about the No Contact Concert Series performance. And until we meet again, y'all take care.
starts in the mind and the heart continues in time forever as art and recording can either be tough and annoying or something that's clearly more lush and rewarding. It's gotta be better than just good or great. It needs to hit hard like Babe Ruth at the plate. From rock, hip hop, and dance music to blues or pop, hard bop, and swing music, you choose. As a working musician, I can truly relate. So let's rap about your project and schedule a date. My name is Matt Williams, producer at The Eagle Room. I'm grateful to have helped so many artists create their music in this wonderful space, where together we have the talent and tools to bring ideas into reality. The Eagle Room is an efficient, full production recording studio with in-house mixing and mastering, high-quality equipment, and award-winning attention to detail. Visit TheEagleRoom.com to find out more.